And now, time to get in the huddle with your host, Charles Prodger Ritchie, here on the Mass Steel Podcast. Hey, you blink, I'll cut your eyelids off. Don't you blink. Let's go. You get where you feel like you can rush the quarterback. You understand? Rush the quarterback. Do you have room in the trophy for another one there? You got six of them. Now you're the winningest franchise in NFL history. We'll make room. And good evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition here of the Mass Steel Podcast. Well, of course, here's Shirley, Charles Bradge, Richie. As we get ready to count down for the Steelers, home opener coming up this Sunday against the Denver Broncos, which is 1 p.m. Central Standard Time kickoff uh, coming up this Sunday. Uh, Missy Matthews did mention on Twitter, uh, since the opening of High Fields back in 2001, which is almost 20 years ago, uh, going into its uh, 20th home opener uh, into the Heinz Field uh, banner right now, uh, the Steelers have a 15-4 record, which is is one of the top starts as far as like a home opener in the NFL all time right here. Uh, We got some... uh, Latest updates real quick on the injury report, uh, which uh, began today for both teams. I tweeted out earlier, if you uh, follow me on my social media, you can follow me on Twitter for the Mass Steel Podcast, at Mass Steel CGR, and for Instagram, at Mass Steel Nation. I uh, got quite a few guys on the injury list. Uh, nothing uh, too, uh, to be like worried about or alarmed. I will just say it's just, just keep an eye on the offensive line position. I'll say more so where I'm getting a little concerned with is the right tackle position right there where that's getting a little bit thin. I mean, you got Ben Rousberg coming back, uh, who, uh, of course, uh, obviously is anticipated to start a little bit slow, but I do like the touchdown interception ratio. He opened up the game on the road in the New York Giants. And just for his first game back, I mean, obviously this is a guy who's been around the block for a long time, but just to have that communication and the huddle right there with your offensive lineman, I mean, that's the biggest difference what – a lot of Steeler fans will be seeing or any uh, media experts or whatever watching how this team runs this offense once with the big Ben Roethlisberger. And you always hear like uh, comments, you know, like why Art Rooney, the second, the president chairman of the Steelers is so inclined and open to like uh, extending him beyond the 2021 season. I mean, I do feel like there's still a little bit of a hesitation right there that they did not feel confident uh, with the third year quarterback uh, prospects coming out of the drafts. And usually the Steelers don't pick that high in the first round, even if they do. And I just really feel like for right now, it's just listen, we're trying to move on from a guy, Ben Roethlisberger, and we see the kind of fail so far with Mason Rudolph, Devin Hodges, uh, Devin Hodges who finds himself back onto the practice squad. But instead they do bring back Josh Dobbs uh I mean, who went on to the Jaguars last year, and he would have been the number three quarterback. But, uh, I mean, it's just amazing how that works itself out. Remember, the key uh, facet about Josh Dobbs coming back that Mike Tomlin liked a lot better was that mobility. And I definitely do feel like, you know, uh, Devin Hodges, to his respect, when he had to come in, fill in for a struggling Mason Rudolph, he had some mobility himself. I think the biggest thing you gotta ask about Josh Dobbs is how well – can you control like uh, throwing the football? 
and I think Josh Dobbs has a decent arm. I just only question somewhat of the accuracy right there. I mean, if that situation will ever play itself out, let's just say if Ben does have to go through a relapse where he's going to be out for like two, three games a season. I hope that's not the case. But let's just say if you do have to call in a guy like Dobbs as opposed to a guy like a Mason Rudolph, I mean, still, I mean, yeah, look at it. I mean, this guy has not thrown a touchdown pass in his career yet, even though he has been in five games. I mean, most of that coming off the bench right there. And I think one of the most uh, horrific uh, times, I think, right there was back in 2018. I think when he came off the bench uh, in that Oakland game, and you remember the, that game right there where he went four for nine, completing only barely about 45% of his passes in that scenario. I mean, that's the only thing. I mean, uh, Josh Dobbs could move around, yes. I mean, he, he, he ran for 15 yards in that uh, Raiders loss in Oakland. Uh, but the thing is with Josh Dobbs, if you, if you had to have him come in for a little bit, I've, my only concern with him is his ability to finish drives. And that's where I would look at, like, if we had to hand the ball over to him to come in, um, make a few snaps, that's the only part where I just slam the brakes on a little bit. I do feel like Josh Dobbs, I mean, going over to, I mean, when, when you look at to Jacksonville, I mean, when he uh, did, I mean, it, it's, I mean, I'm sure he had to learn a little bit. But at the same time, too, I mean, you look at, like, uh, what he's uh, capable of doing, and we'll see how that continues to play his hand out. Yeah, if you guys want to join in on the Mass Duo podcast, once again, you can me streaming live right now, on the live stream right now, on Facebook and Instagram. The Facebook page, you can check it out at the Mass Duo uh, podcast. Then you can also uh, check me out at Mass Duo Nation, which is, of course, the Mass Duo Instagram page right there as we take a look at and more further right now. So definitely want to like uh, hear everyone's uh, thoughts for right now. Uh, we do know this uh, right now since uh, Mike Tomlin's overall head-to-head experience with Vic Fangio. This will be his first time going against Vic Fangio as a head coach. The other two times they, uh, Mike Tomlin and the Steelers have gone against Vic Fangio, he was defense core in there. And those last two times were back in 2011 and 2017 where he was defense core in there of the San Francisco 49ers and the Chicago Bears. Uh, he, he went over two in both of those contests, being outscored by minus 23 points, losing 3-20 to 20 the first time on Monday Night Football back in 2011. Uh, that was an 8 o'clock game. And then you also lost about three years ago during that whole situation with President Trump uh, making uh, his uh, enthusiasm known as far as like uh, about people kneeling during the flag or not standing so they got caught up in that whole mess. Obviously, we saw how their game plan definitely did get thrown off here. I mean, in that contest. But still, I mean, those are two times as of late where they lost. And they did go on to lose that game in overtime right there. And I was talking to Brian Diardo off to the side about that game. And like I said, I definitely pointed out to how just 2017, I mean, it was just a lot of stuff that just did not feel right in, like, the atmosphere. It's just the whole mood of the team. I mean, you lost – I mean, for starters, Dan Rooney, he passed away about a couple months after Ben Rosberg was pondering retirement. He passed away right on Easter weekend. I mean, you also had a situation, too. I mean, like I said, I mean, you had the whole flag scenario right there. And then, I mean, 
that that was as good as a team right there that was a proc on the field. Still a little bit of like a mental makeup that was not showing up properly where they still came up looking a lot, at times lax of days ago. And that's where I feel like for right now, I mean, with the Steelers, I think this time around, I mean, you look at it for right now, I mean, you're going into your uh, home openers, I mean, for this time, and we'll see how that continues to uh, work out, work its way in the end here. But like I said, what if we uh, look at it from uh, that perspective, I mean, it's definitely going to be interesting to see this offensive line, how this uh, depth continues to hold itself up, uh, keep itself afloat, and uh, keep everybody in good standing as we uh, look at And Mike Tomlin's overall uh, home opening record since uh, joining the Steelers as a head coach, just to give everyone a little background, he is 10-3 and three at home in home openers. The only three times that they did lose uh, home openers, other Mike Tomlin's uh, watch was back in 2013, beginning with the Tennessee Titans, where they had that horrific own four start. And then you also saw them uh, lose uh, shortly after that. I mean, uh, during that time back in 2018 and 2019, back-to-back years through the Kansas State Chiefs. I mean, which was a real good uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, Chiefs quarterback that was really starting to uh, snap off and get its rhythm and find out how good they could actually be as getting to that next step as far as championship level, scratching the service. And then really against a well-matured uh, quarterback and Russell Wilson. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, he had a lot of stuff uh, setting up to that right now. And I got people joining me here on uh, the Instagram page. I do see a few comments uh, coming up right here. Uh, one of them coming from which uh, Nelson Senior. Victor, do you think we need to go out and get a tackle? Well, I will say this uh, for right now. I mean, when we uh, look at that situation uh, for the time being, uh, Nelson, I think if anything, you got to like, learn to trust the guys who you got in the practice squad. Uh, you got to keep in mind this for right now. I think one of the biggest reasons, um, I think a lot of fans and, and people in the organization need to be thankful for this. Remember a year ago, as far as like in the practice squad, as it regularly went, your games are only maintained to keep up to 10 players on the practice squad. This year they, they did increase the six more additional players right there. I definitely do think that is going to be a very uh, pivotal and key for the Steelers, whatever they run into situations uh, with uh, death. So, I mean, you got like your options right here as far as your offensive linemen, you could be calling up. I mean, uh, for uh, right now, I mean, I know they just announced uh, earlier today uh, when we uh, looked at it, uh, they have a signed tackle from the Houston, Texas practice squad, Harold Hawkins. He was a former fourth round 2016 draft pick out of LSU by the Steelers, played three seasons. I was traded to the Bucks prior to the start of the 2019 season. Played the one game last season. Was signed to the Texans practice squad this past off season. I was waived on a cut weekend, uh, which was that Saturday uh, of Labor Day weekend. 53 man roster. He missed the 2018 season after suffering a knee injury during organized team activities (OTAs). Uh, he played in five regular season games in 2017, starting one. But he also do got some other choices here on this uh, practice squad, too, that we currently got on here, uh, which I'm getting ready to get into for right now. I mean, you also got Duran Gray out of uh, Maryland. He's an offensive tackle, along with Anthony Coyle and Jerron Jones right there. So you got some uh, guys right here who could uh, come up. 
I, I, I just think for right now, trading for someone, I mean, uh, if we need to go out and get a tackle, uh, it all depends. Remember, we got 16 people, so someone off this practice squad would have to move. I mean, would you be like willing to like uh, – you know, cut ties with Devlin Hodges and then to make room for an our offense tackle. I think that's the question you have to look at if you're the Steelers right now. I mean, it's it's all about making room, even like when it just comes to like signing guys. I mean, you look at a guy like Cam Hayward. I mean, when you could get done a deal done with Bud Dupree right there. I mean, this past July at the deadline when he has franchise tag signed. Uh, and not that, don't forget, he's still in a, a grievance right now, uh, challenging see if he could get paid as an edge rusher, which would be like about almost $2 million more than what he's making. So for right now, no, I'd, I'd, I'd have to, I'd have to hold off on that. We'll, we'll see more than likely. I would anticipate to be calling up guys from who they already have within. I mean, you ha- I mean, that, and that's a big reason why you got that practice squad. That's why you got the expansion. I mean, you got it there for situations like this when we uh, try to, uh, uh, get like a uh, death purposes address throughout the season and end quote as we look at it right here and uh also like uh moving along right now let's go ahead and take a look at the pittsburgh steelers uh injury report right now uh going to this week it was it was announced uh by the steelers.com uh website uh let's go over for both the steelers let's start with the pittsburgh steelers first then we'll get into the denver broncos right now as far as Pittsburgh Steelers going, you have nine starters on the injury report plus one backup guard. Uh, the nine, uh, really, not, I'm, I'm not going to really uh, sweat too much over, but I will say uh, once again for like the second straight week, uh, one guy I'm a little concerned with is Deontay Johnson. I mean, don't forget, in week one, he did have a foot injury. I mean, he was able to be a full participant on the last two days of practice, which was Friday and Saturday, simply because they had to play a Monday night game. But this week he has a toe injury, so he did not practice. Ben, I'm sure, um, not to be surprised by everyone, but he's uh, definitely pulling off his car where he wants to have that Wednesday off and uh, utilize that to his advantage, utilize the rest. And, I mean, that makes a lot more sense. I mean, Ben, I mean, if I think – you have to continue to keep yourself in the best of moves right now, the best mindset. What we got to do to make that work? I mean, I'm all for it for right now, especially coming off an elbow. He did mention to uh, Missy Matthews that, I mean, his body definitely was sore, but so far, good news is, is not his throwing elbow or his arm. So that is uh, the, the best thing I think a lot of people hear from. So that that's the main thing right there. Having that, like not feeling any pain in that area, I think is great. And uh, couldn't be any more news for any Steelers fans' ears. But like I said, the only thing is well, we have to look at what Ben Rasper, Mike Florio has even mentioned it off Pro Football Talk. I mean, is it just one thing where, you know, you have a throwing elbow, but it's going to lead to other stuff like later on. There's going to be, like, stuff like, you know, like with your leg eventually, uh, some other parts of the body, because he's playing a long time. He's playing in his 17th season. He's playing at 38 years old. I mean, he, he's not realistically on the level like a guy like a Brady or Breeze as far as playing that long. I just don't feel like his diet and, and his workout regime is really up to par with that. I think it's good enough. I mean, there's a reason why Jay Glazer kind of like jokingly took like a little bit of a swipe of people who may remember this past May saying like if you ever seen his workout uh, regimen, I mean, he, he, he kind of like uh, – 
call bluff on it, but still, I mean, it wasn't a personal attack. I remember he got like a little bit of heat by it, a little bit of concern by Ben's representative, and uh, pretty much had to straighten things out. They got things uh, taken care of, but still, I think you know, at the end of the day, Ben Roxberger, as great as Steelers fans are willing to have this guy, he still shows a show lack of undiscipline when it comes to being a little bit cautious. I think, you know, this past Monday, I, I like the fact that he was able to take a few sacks or just uh, not be forced, force the ball into some certain scenarios right there. I'm just glad he played a lot wiser. I'm just glad we didn't see, you know, much of like, you know, like the stubborn bend where he tried to put all on his back and then he'd be making mistakes. I mean, I could live with 200 uh, 30 yards uh, passing right there, game manager type stats. I mean, trusting who you got around you. I mean, he was even said it openly to Maria Taylor of ESPN following that game. As I said, listen, I mean, one of the main reasons he didn't come back for personal accomplishments or anything, he really liked the youth of this staff and the excitement, the energy these guys bring. He's excited to be around something special they got to build upon. That's all you got to look at with a guy like Ben Rosberger. Now, before I go into my other soliloquies here right now, oh, and also about Ben Snow, I will get to that in just a second, Nelson. Just hold on one second. I'm just going to wrap up this injury report, and I'll get to your question in just a second. So just hang tight, my man. Uh, as far as for right now, when we look at two, uh, with the injury report, too, so like I said, Deontay Johnson, that's one guy who I'd be uh, willing to keep an eye on throughout the season. Uh, it looks like this is something that's lingering right now. You have a foot injury, now it's your toe. Uh, he didn't practice today. He just missed Schuster. He had the knee injury. He did not practice. Uh, James Conner, ankle, did not practice. Uh, Marquise Pouncey, just like Big Ben, uh, coach decision, did not practice. So I don't think it's anything injury-related right there. Just want to get some personal time off. I respect that. I mean, especially for the veterans right there. Wise move. You got Stefan, Stefan Wisniewski with a chest injury. He did not practice. Uh, David DeCastro still battling the knee uh, they suffered back on August 28th uh, during training camp. Uh, has not been healed up yet, so he's still battling with that. Did not practice. Zach Taylor, I mean, his season is pretty much over right there. Uh, I don't know if anyone got a chance to see the tweet, the, the video they posted up on Twitter right there, uh, just trying to get ready to give it a go for next year. And uh, that's one guy Ben definitely felt uh, crushed for, including myself and a lot of fans. Zach Barry, he was definitely the most hungriest one in this offseason. Who can out neck and neck with Wilma Okorafor trying to get that right tackle position. I mean, he was so patient trying to get that nod from Mike Tomlin, but he was showing a lot of maturity right there and saying, listen, I mean, I understand uh, from Mike Tomlin why I started has been named. This is the most important guy in Pittsburgh I'm trying to protect right here. I mean, that it, it's got to be difficult at times when you're a 300-plus pound lineman right there I mean, trying to keep mobility going. I mean, that's got to be one of the toughest jobs right there when you're trying to protect the quarterback and try and get a offense moving and just try to still stay athletic and pain free as best you can. And you also got Alejandro Villanueva, nothing too much, just known as did not practice. I don't think it's anything COVID-19 related, but we'll see, but I don't think so. Remember, they still got that COVID reserve injury list. They couldn't uh, say if it was for anything like that. So remember, they keep that. I think confidential for this season. And you got Stefan Tua dealing with Achilles and not practice. So uh, basically, all the injuries that we're seeing right here uh, off this uh, list right here, 
of these 10 players, eight of them are on offense and two of them are on defense. And the two on defense, no, I mean, one of them are on defense. So nine of them on offense, one on defense, uh, more one of them at your defensive front with uh, Stefan Tewitt right there. And I'd be really interested to see if a guy like Daniel McCullers, remember, he was temporarily uh, cut on cut day uh, that Saturday, if many people may recall. But then about a day or two later, they did sign him to the practice squad. So I, mean, I think they had like about a million dollars in cap savings when they made that move because since it was after the first cut. So uh, getting back to your question real quick, uh, how do I feel about Spice Snell starting against the Broncos? Why not? I mean, if it's hot in the kitchen, like they say, stay away from the cook right there. I think if anything, you don't want to disrupt uh, momentum when you got something uh, special brewing that could potentially go. I mean, Benny Snell has been showing a lot of flashes towards the end of last year, people may recall, during that stretch when they lost to the Browns. Remember, he had to fill in there. I mean, uh, I'm in there against the Bengals, then the key win against the Browns, against the Cardinals. I mean, you see what Benny Snell football is all about losing weight in the offseason, really getting his diet in check. I mean, I had one friend of mine, uh, Terrell Barnes, who I still occasionally keep in touch with. But remember, he, he pointed out to me a long time ago, one of the things when you're dealing with rookies, it's usually like around their second season is where they really start to mature up and they uh, start getting their bodies properly uh, ready uh, for football conditioning and usually having like their uh, best shapes of their lives. And I'll be honest you, I mean, James Conner, I'm not going to totally snooze on, but for right now, um, if I'm seeing a guy that's moving the ball effectively and helping out Ben Rosberger, listen, I, I think James Conner, I think I think the writing is on the wall for him this year. I think I don't think he's going to be a stealer beyond the season. Uh, I mean, you got to look at it. I mean, at the end of the day, great guy, great story, and I uh, loved how he was able to Beat out cancer, our promotes announcing to the draft. Love watching this guy. All the moral stuff he stands up for, a stand up guy. And uh, really just been a good uh, representative for the Steelers and the city of Pittsburgh. But at the end of the day, you're, like they say in sports, your best ability a lot of times is your availability. And that's the problem with a guy like James Conner for right now. I mean, James Conner, I mean, he's. We saw what he do two years ago, but you almost start to wonder, is this guy more like a one-hit wonder as far as, like, uh, lighting up a fire, like, in, in offenses right here? I mean, in 2018, he he, he missed at least uh, three games and uh, missed four games uh, starting. I mean, that was right around the time shortly when he had that uh, concussion against the Carolina Panthers. And then next year, he started 10 out of 10 games, and that's it. So you really got to look yourself hard in the mirror right now. I mean, that that's one thing. I mean, I think the Steelers have definitely been very smart. I mean, you see this uh, position being addressed each year in the draft. I mean, it's like they're not uh, falling asleep behind the wheel. If it's if it's not Connor in 2017, it's Jalen Samuels in 2018, or it's Lance Snow in 2019, Anthony McFarlane. I think if anything – the Steelers do a good job as far as keeping the line rotation, keep a plan A, plan B in check in situations like that. They're looking ahead of the future. And unfortunately, when you look at a guy like Le'Veon Bell in this case right now, I mean, Le'Veon Bell, I mean, ever since getting his guaranteed money, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, listen, he hasn't been really doing much 
with the Jets. It's been kind of like a, 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 a frugal situation right now. He is currently on IIR with a hamstring injury for the time being. And speaking of Le'Veon Bell, I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, this guy is still decent uh, as a as a receiver, as pass catching back, a guy who could block, but he's missing the luxury of what he had with a special offensive line he had in Pittsburgh. I mean, he he definitely had to like uh, work as hard. I mean, his yards per attempt basically nearly sliced in half. But I mean, a year ago, only a yard down, so almost like uh, two yards less, basically on average. Like as he's currently with the Jets, as opposed to he was in Pittsburgh. I mean, that's the thing. I, I like Le'Veon Bell, but at the same time, I listen to like a lot of beat writers, like a good friend of mine. I still keep in touch with every now and then. Anthony DeFail, uh, behind the steel curtain. I mean, many guys who like uh, looked at this guy. I mean, they've gone on to remind me. It's like, listen, Le'Veon Bell is going to realize how good he's had it. Uh, with the luxury of the offensive line he's had. He's benefited so much with that, and he's going to forget, like, uh, how, how that is. Because to be honest with you, I hate to say it. I mean, it, it did not come out in the friendliest of ways when the Steelers did bet out their frustration. I mean, they should have stayed in their lane, of course, let him handle his business. It was a financial situation, but there's a part, like I said, in sports when you're trying to still do something special, win a championship together, that camaraderie and that togetherness in that locker room, practicing with each other, being there in each other's corner means a lot. I get it. I mean, listen, I want to see guys, football is a hard sport, but at the end of the day, what, I mean, what are you more looking for? It almost seems like a lot of guys are playing for financial and uh, physical and mental health uh, security these days. And that, and that's nothing, nothing to be ashamed of. Nothing. Mental health is real. And, at the same time, when you play a game like football, I can imagine how much like uh, head trauma these guys go through when they do get hit and uh, how they do off the field. It's nothing to be questioned, but at the end of the day, I mean, that is real. But I do see at the end of the day, too, when you're trying to be a part of something special, I mean, what is it? Do you Is it more about the money, or do you really want that ring, or do you really want both uh, – more and foremost, and that's where you just tend to tip the lines a lot. And that's where I feel like for right now, you, you get a little bit like head scratch right there. So let's go ahead and get into it right now. Uh, let's go into the Denver Broncos. I went over the Steelers uh, injury report. So uh, once again, uh, just to recap, we have uh, 10 guys on the injury report, nine of them which are starters on offense, one on defense right now. And uh, we'll definitely keep an eye on that. I'm not really uh, too worried about that. Just a little bit of the offensive line for right now. More so with Stefan Wisniewski and David DeCastro uh, for for the time being. I'm not so worried about building the way, but we'll find out in the next day or two, see how serious this is as we uh, look at it. As for the Denver Broncos, uh, they uh, listed uh, for their players, 11 players uh, listed on the injury report which includes six starters, which includes A.J. Bouye, a left cornerback who's dealing with a shoulder. He did not practice along with strong safety. Uh, Kareem Jackson, that's not injury-related, so he did not practice. Uh, you have Philip Lindsay dealing with a toe injury, just like Deontay Johnson. Uh, uh, he didn't practice. 
I mean, uh, Philip Lindsay, excuse me, who's dealing with a toe injury. He did not practice. He's a running back. And then you also got Garrett Bowles uh, dealing with an elbow injury. Uh, he did not practice. He's the Broncos' left tackle. Then you got Cortland Sutton, wide receiver, limited in practice due to a shoulder injury. Then you also got Bradley Chubb, weak side linebacker, dealing with a knee injury. Uh, he was a full participant in practice. Those are your starters. Also, they got also got former Steeler on here, Mark Barron, dealing with a hamstring injury. He did not practice. Uh, wide receiver, uh, Tyree Cleveland, dealing with a hip injury, limited in practice. Trey Marshall, safety, wrist injury, limited in practice. K.J. Hamler, wide receiver, hamstring, full participant. And then last but not least, Albert Okoibonam. Tight end, he did not practice dealing with a hip injury. And uh, that's the injury report for both the Steelers and the Denver Broncos on this as we uh, take a look at uh, for right now uh, on this injury report for the week two matchup and the home openers we're going into this weekend. Uh, Steelers right now, like I mentioned, they are 15-4 and four in their home openers all time in the history for right now. And as far as uh, dealing with the Denver uh, Broncos, uh, like I said, I mean, when we look at it too, in uh, that respect, I mean, going up here, Mike Tomlin, he has a career 2-3 and three record versus the Broncos all time, which includes being 1-0 at home. The only home game that Mike Tomlin has been involved with playing against the Denver Broncos was back in 2015, where they had a comeback victory. I think it was like 14, 17 points. They were trailing in that game. That's where Peyton Manning was on the sideline. And uh, we'll, we'll see. But uh, for right now, let's go ahead and uh, take a look at, uh, for right now, like I said, uh, fair or foul topic. Oh, wait, real quickly, before we get into that, I also mentioned uh, top NFL quarterback coaches tandems for right now. I know Missy Matthews uh, mentioned that uh, the career-wise in the regular season, Mike Tomlin and uh, Ben Rosberger have a career record of 116 victories with 14, I mean, 40 losses and a tie for right now. And uh, for right now, I mean, the Steelers, I mean, other than that uh, record, I mean, they have a career lifetime record of 124, 47, and 1. So, I mean, very impressive right there, if you ask me. I mean, uh, right now, the number one, of course, is uh, no surprise, uh, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady with 249 wins and 75 losses, no ties career-wise, with uh, 17 division titles, nine, nine AFC championships, six Super Bowls. Ben Rosberg and Mike Tomlin are right behind them, but at 124-47-1 career lifetime win-loss percentage with six Super Bowls, two AFC championships, I mean, six division titles, two AFC championships, and one Super Bowl. Then you got Don Shula and Dan Marino right there at 122 career victories, followed by Chuck Noll and Terry Bradshaw, 121 victories. Otto Graham and Paul Brown, 114. Marv Levy and Jim Kelly, 108. Tom Landry and Roger Staubach, 98. Tony Dungy, Peyton Manning, 92 victories, despite only playing about eight seasons the, I mean, uh, seven seasons together. And then you got Vince Lombardi and Bart Starr with 86 victories. And last but not least, 
Bill Walsh and Joe Montana at A5 career victories. And there you have it for right now. Uh, fair file topic. I only got one today. Fair file topic. Number one and the only one uh, for today's show. Mike Tomlin will snap the drought against uh, Vic Fangio. He'll snap the jinx. He'll finally get his first victory against uh, Vic Fangio. I'll go fair on that one for right now. Uh, but I definitely do feel like that. Plus, you, I mean, you also got uh, Bob Miller out for the season. But don't get me wrong. I think uh, for right now, uh, the the Steelers, uh, that they're going to be – the team that they're going to be facing is not going to be uh, no walk in the park. Don't get me wrong. I definitely do s- still feel like for right now – going up against this uh, Broncos uh, squad as we look at it with Vic Fangio going into his uh, second season. I mean, with this uh, Broncos team, I mean, a year before uh, last year, there were seven and nine. And it seems like they may have gotten their uh, quarterback situation figured out. Hopefully, they're still trying to solve that puzzle uh, for right now. But, I mean, we'll we'll see. So they got Drew Locke uh, coming up here who's been a uh, second-round pick uh, back in 2019, 42nd overall, followed by Jeff Driscoll. But uh, Drew Locke for right now, I mean, one good thing about him, I mean, when we look at it, he's got good uh, career passing rating with 95, uh, only threw for one touchdown so far, 216 yards, I mean, for uh, this season. But as far as uh, last season goes, he went 4-1 as a starter, so he's got a good win-loss record there with 1,020 yards passing, seven touchdowns and three interceptions. And uh, for right now, the longest he's thrown in his career was 48. So this guy's got a good deep arm, so I would definitely be a little bit more careful then. Uh, I would definitely say for the Steelers, just try and watch uh, how much you're going to rush because we saw how much like late in the game. I think eventually it did catch up with uh, when we look at Daniel Jones and the Giants, but still... Uh, right now, they, they get a little burned for right now if they're not careful. I think Mika Fitzpatrick, I'm looking to see step up um, in that game. So that's going to do it. That's going to draw to a wrap for this edition here of the Mass Duel Podcast. Once again, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Pride For the Mass Duel Podcast on Twitter, it is at Mass Steel CGR. And on Instagram at Mass Steel Nation. For the Mass Duel Podcast and Charles Pride signing off, as always, leave you. Don't be trolling, be rolling. Here we go, Steelers. Here we go. Steelers. Here we go. I got it.